greetings, beloved, in Jesus' name. Amen. The psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Are we glad to be in the house of the Lord this day? Amen. Amen. And like I said to some of you, this for some of us, this is a second church. It's good to have two churches all in succession and just, you, you, you become like when the psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, not that one, the one where he said, it's good to be in the house of the Lord and I'd rather be in the house of the Lord than anywhere else. So, just, it's like a thousand days out there, just one day in the house of the Lord. It's worth much more. And thank you for being here. So today I want to share with you something that I'll give you the subject as we go down through. But I want to remind you that our Heavenly Father has a business. Amen. Yeah, our Heavenly Father is a business, like many people have got businesses. It's just that our Father's business is souls. Amen. So the profit in, our, in the kingdom of our Father is souls. While in most world businesses, the profit is in monetary terms. In the kingdom, it's about souls. That's why he will crown us for whatever we have done to get more into the house of the Lord. So we've got a work to do as children of God to get people into the kingdom. Amen. Because when one sinner repents, there's great joy in heaven. So you can make heaven have a party by you just reaching out and have somebody saying, yes, I do, Lord Jesus. I want you to be Lord of my life. And that person wants to live for the Lord. So the Lord actually, just like we are in a race, I want to, you to think of this in a race. In a race, I'm glad that I've got some people, Dr. Makado and I heard Elder Maloke saying he also does that sometimes. When you are maybe in an athletic or in a running thing, you usually would get medals at the end, isn't it? Some of you would get gold. Some of you would get silver. Some of you would get bronze. Amen. Do you know that also the Lord has got medals? We call them crowns. Amen. So it means as we are running, be encouraged to know that there is something, there is a crown waiting for me. So even when I feel like I'm getting tired, I'm not going to give up because I'm running toward my crown. So that's why if we go together to the book of Daniel chapter 12 verse 3, it's our first scripture in the NIV, Daniel 12 3. It says, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Amen. I'm looking forward to shine like a star in the kingdom of my Father, and it says forever and ever. So it means there is a crown waiting for me. And it says those who win many, who bring many to righteousness, will shine like stars. And so, all of us, we can make our father happy. If this is the business of our father, uh, I think I said to the other group that I think people who are very good at this, the Indians are good, they teach their children to do their business. Amen. So our father also wants to teach us to do his business. And so that many souls will come to the kingdom. Because if you go together with me to the book of Matthew chapter 7, 
And as we encourage others, let's make sure that we ourselves are living right before God. Because sometimes you may want to win souls, you want to get others to Christ, but you yourself, you know you are not living right before God. Then you will be lost. Because in the book of Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 23, NIV, I just want to encourage you that and warn you that you don't be a Christian who is just pretending to be a Christian. Because the Lord knows, you also know if you are living right before God. Isn't it? So as much as we are saying you will shine like stars when we lead many to righteousness, but let's make sure that we are also in. You can't be winning others when you are not in. Okay? Matthew seven twenty one to 23 NIV says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Did you get that? And it says, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. So it means, it's not when we go before God, it won't be said, those of you who are members of Jesus the Savior Church, all come in. No. <laughs> it says, you will have to, only those who do the will of the heavenly father. It doesn't matter in which church you are. When you go before God, you go as an individual. And he says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Some of you are very much impressed by people saying they are prophesying. Yes, there is some value in prophesying, but we should prophesy be our hearts being right with God. He says, and in your name we drive out demons, and in your name we performed many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, so he says, I'll tell them point blank. He says plainly. In other versions, it will say, verily, verily, I say unto you. He says, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Amen. So it means there are people, if we just look at what people are doing and we think that is God. Some of them is not necessarily God. Can I give you a simple example from the Bible? You remember when Moses threw down the stick and it became a snake. What did the Egyptian magicians do? They also threw theirs and did they become snakes? Yes. So now if your definition of somebody being a man of God is that you can see wonders and miracles. Some of them is magic. Okay? So he says some of them will come and say we did miracles in your name. We prophesied in your name. We cast out devils in your name. But he says, I will tell them point black, I never knew you. Away from me, all you evildoers. So the ticket for us to the kingdom is not what we have done. It's us having accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And these other things, of course, should be manifested as we walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. But the first thing is about my heart being right with God. Okay? And you've got to make sure that your name is written in the book of life. Okay? And that is your own personal space. Nobody can get your name into the book. Not even your mother, not even your husband, not even your wife, not even your father, not even your child. Because go with me to the book of Revelation chapter 20. Verse 12 to 15. Still just laying the foundation so that you can understand that this is serious business. Our father's business. But it's also about eternity. It's either eternity with the Lord or eternity away from the Lord. 
So Revelations 20, 12 to 15 NIV. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. You know about this book? Say, this is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. So you won't be judged according to the witnesses. You know that sometimes you get condemned in court and you are found guilty because people talk bad about you and they manage to make a case against you. But here it says you will be judged according to what is written in the books, according to what you were doing. Amen. The sea gave up the dead that were in it. When I thought of this one, I thought there are people sometimes who die maybe with a car, with a crash of maybe the aeroplane in the sea and all of them disappear. We can't even give them a decent funeral. But even those, they have to be given up for judgment. It says the sea gave up the dead that were in it. The death and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. So you won't be judged according to how people hate you. And now they are trying to make a case against you. No. It's according to what you have done. Death and haze were thrown into the lake of fire. And the lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. I want you to understand this. Because there is a certain man of God that I respected. He used to preach the good gospel. But now he got misled because in his quest to check for grace, he came to a conclusion that God is so gracious that nobody will go to hell. God cannot be that cruel to get people to hell. That's his version now. That's the new grace. Okay? But you can see clearly from the Bible here, anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. So it's not a scaring tactic. That's what God has said. So it means grace works for us as we are still alive. Every one of us has a chance. Okay? To accept Jesus and all your past will be wiped away and done away with. But you need to give your life to Jesus when you are still alive. Because after death, it says the dead were given up for that day of judgment. Okay? So it means even us who are in the kingdom, we need to feel for other people. Some of you have got friends that are not, that don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And you never talk to them about Jesus. But you say you love them. And I, I, I tend to think, I try to imagine, I'm not sure in the life to come ahead with the story of Lazarus and the rich man. It says there was a gulf between the two and they couldn't see each other. But I try to think, take one of your friends that is in the world and the person has not accepted Jesus and you never shared the gospel with them. And you call them your friends. Now you go in the life to come and then they are thrown into the lake of fire. But when they look around, they don't see you. And then figured that you are on the other side. It means you knew something that I could have been with you there. But you didn't share anything with me. Okay? So it means let's do our part. 
as much as I'm saved, let me also get as many people with me as possible for the kingdom. You share with them. Amen? Is, is it because some of you, you are afraid that if you share with them and you invite them to church, they will be thinking, ah, are you also a Christian? We were doing those many things together. So you don't want to expose yourself. So rather, you keep on living that way with them and you don't show them that you are a child of God. So it means your life, your light is overshadowed by the darkness. So darkness actually has overpowered you. While you are supposed to be the light. And we're supposed to be the people who give people love and show people that God loves them. But we also give them real warning about the judgment that's coming. Because if you go together with me to the book of Ezekiel 33, 6-9. Ezekiel 33, 6-9. In the New King James Version. Ezekiel 33, 6-9, New King James Version. It says, But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. So he was saying, I've set you up as watchman. You need to see, when you see the armies coming to take these people, it says, if these people are captured because of their iniquity, but you did not warn them. Indeed, they are captured of their iniquity, but I will require the blood, their blood from the watchman. Verse 7. So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Wherefore, you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. Amen. We hear from God and warn them for God. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die. And you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way. That wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked to turn away from his way, and he does not turn away from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. So in other words, in that case, my hands are clean. Amen? I've told them. Isn't it? But if you don't tell them, how will they know unless you tell them? Because Romans 10 talks about how shall they know unless somebody tells them? How will somebody tell them unless they are sent? And as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those that spread the gospel. So let's spread the gospel. Let's tell them. Let's tell them about the love of God. Let's also tell them about the coming of Christ. Go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 4. So I'm going to give you the title now for the service, for the sermon. Because when we have the people, do we win them to Christ by scaring them about hell? Do we win them by condemning them of their sins? How do we win them? So obviously we've got to show them love. But I want you to look at this. Matthew chapter 4 verse 19. We'll read in the God's Word translation GW and then New King James Version. GW says, Jesus said to them, Come, follow me. I will teach you to catch people instead of fish. 
And the New King James Version says, Then he said to them, Follow me. I will make you fishers of men. Do you get that? So he wants to teach us to catch people. So if you equate people as fish, when you're going to catch fish, you have to be taught. Otherwise you will catch nothing. Isn't it? Yeah, you've got to be taught. And in catching fish, do you know that when you throw, let's say you've got a bait, earthworms or whatever you throw there, the fish think it's Christmas time for it, isn't it? Not knowing that it's actually it that will be made Christmas meal. Isn't it? So it sees that and it's excited and it goes for that. But have you noticed, some of the fish that were caught before and escaped, do you know that they are very skeptical? Huh? Yeah, they can't just go for baits. Once bitten, twice, shy. Look at that. And even when there is no hook, <laughs> I think this fish realizes, I, I had a bad experience before. So do you know that there are also people out there who had a bad experience from church? Some of them were abused in church. Some of them, they lost their monies in church. Okay? People made business out of them. And now they backslid. Now when you go for such fish, do you think that fish will easily take a bait? Uh Uh-uh. That fish is very skeptical. Huh? (laughs) It was once caught. (laughs) And it realizes this church business, uh uh-uh. This church business, hey, 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 Vazalwane, you don't know them. You don't know Vazalwane. Then you know it's a fish that was once caught. But don't you think those fish, we should also still catch them? Yeah, that, kick is still, that fish is still needed in the kingdom. Now we want the Lord to teach us how to catch men. So can we all say, Lord, teach us to be fishers of men. That's our title. Amen. Lord, teach us to be fishers of men. Because on our own, we won't be able to catch the fish. We can toil the whole night and get nothing. But we want the Lord to teach us to catch men as if we are catching the fish. And I want to tell you, the problem with the church today, we are fishing from other churches. You are fishing a fish that's already caught, man. That fish is already in the pen. We want the fish that are still in the sea. Amen. And those are the fish we are looking for. Because those ones need to come to the kingdom. Because if you fish from other churches, in the kingdom then there is no net gain. Because if let's say there were a million Christians divided among different churches, If you fish one from another church and bring him here, the kingdom of God will still have a million. So you haven't actually increased the number of fish. So go out there into the sea and catch. There is a lot of fish, guys. I was walking around yesterday, around Slovo with Bome. We saw a lot of fish. There are a lot of fish. Yes. Just open your eyes. You will see some of the verses I will share with you here. Where Jesus says, open your eyes. The harvest, the fields are ripe. There's a lot of fish. So go with me to the book of John chapter 3, 
verse 16 to 19. Here we are talking about, so we say, Lord, teach us to be fishers of men. So as the Lord is teaching us, I want us to look, to learn from Jesus and learn how it is done. Okay? Then you will see how it's done. And you know that it's the Father's business. It's not my business. I'm just working in my Father's business. John 3, 16 to 19. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I want to start there. So when you want to win people, when you want to win the fish, share the love with them. Show them that God loves them. You know that people want to feel uh, loved. They want to feel appreciated. They want to feel accepted. That's why you would find whether people are gangsters, murderers, drunkards, any group of people that we regard as people who are doing iniquity and all that. But do you know that they stick close to each other? They love each other. So they actually find love and acceptance from this one. But sometimes you find with us, we reject people. They don't feel welcome in our presence. So do you think they will get close to you? Because if you are condemning them, every time you are telling them how bad they are and the sins that they are doing. So if it's your husband, you even say, you drink so much that your liver will even swell and you will die. <laughs> so do you think he can repent that way? Mm -mm. You're not loving them. So they would rather go to their friends who tell them, yeah, if, even if you don't have money, we can buy for you. Now they can see love. You see? But you can't even reach out to them. And it's people who stay with you. So Jesus wants to teach us how to catch fish in his kingdom. He tells us the first principle about love. So, And this is what God did. So verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. So tell your neighbor, I have not been sent to condemn the world. So it means you can't go out there and condemn people. That's not how to win souls. When people are in sin, they are already condemned. They don't need you to condemn them. Okay? So he says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. So those who do not believe, they are already condemned. They don't need you to condemn them. Okay? Make them feel loved. Make them feel appreciated. People will follow you if they can sense that you love them. That you, you are interested in them. So he says, and this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Now, I want to show you how Jesus did it. Because we are saying, Lord, teach us to be fishers of men. So we also want to look at the life of Jesus. How was he catching the fish? And if we learn from him, he has told us about the love of God that we need to share with the people. But people want to feel accepted. I will show you an example. Let's go to the book of John chapter 4. 
verse 5 to 19, we're going to talk about the Samaritan woman. And during those times, the time that Jesus lived on the earth, only the Jews were regarded to be people of God. The rest were regarded to be Gentiles. That's why Jesus, when the Canaanite woman came and she wanted her daughter to be healed, what did Jesus say? I have not been sent but only to the lost sheep of Israel. And he said it's not proper to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. So at the time when Jesus was still on the earth, the Jews were regarded to be the only people of God. Now, I will show you here where you find a Samaritan who is regarded to be a Gentile and a woman for that matter. And in that, those days again, women were even looked down upon. So it means she had double negatives. It's like in the apartheid time to be a black woman. Double negatives. Isn't it? So, and that reality, the reality that I will share with you here, it still prevails even in the times we're living in. That's the politics. Isn't it? But despite that, Jesus was able to reach out to her, breaking the class barriers. Let's make people feel accepted. Don't make, don't make yourself better than them when you want to win them. Remember they used to say that Jesus, he says, I came and you called me a wine bibber because I was mixing with them. So he was making them feel valued, feel important. Now go with me to the book of John chapter 4, verse 5 to 19. So he came to a city of Samaria which is called Sychar near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus therefore being wearied from his journey sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria. I like that because now you can see that the Bible is very clear. A woman of Samaria. He didn't just say a certain woman. He wanted to show you this is a woman of Samaria. And in the earlier service I was saying, because the Atlantis brethren were here, so I will do it for Mr. and Mrs. Pretorius. Frofan Samaria, So I was saying to them, guys, you can sing about Frofan Samaria, but you need to understand what Frofan Samaria had done. It's not, it's not enough just to know Frofan Samaria. So we want to know what had the Frofan Samaria had done. That's what we want to know. So a woman of Samaria came to draw water. What did she come to do? To draw water. Now I want to show you another principle of catching fish. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Do you see an association between the two things? Huh? She came to draw water. What did Jesus say to her? Give me a drink. So he's starting to meet her at her level. Okay? So sometimes you find you want to share the gospel. You start from where the people are. Okay, I said earlier about Dr. Makado that you... I know you are in the running thing. So, you could actually start with the person about the race that you guys are having. And that reminds you about another race. 
So you start with the race that they understand. And they will be interested in the race because they are runners. So this woman, she was interested in the water discussion. You get that? So this is another thing where, Lord, teach us how to be fishers of men. We also want to see how you were catching them. Amen? So he says, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, you see she's talking politics now, which is good. It means they understood politics those days and they are politics even that is living here. You being a Jew, she was supposed to say you being a Jew and a man, ask from me a Samaritan woman. You, do you see that? She's saying we are of different classes. We are regarded as nobodies. You are up there. So she says, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. You say that. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. He's continuing with the water discussion because he's interested in the water. Isn't it? The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. Where then do you get the living water? You can see she's interested. Umakado, I told you, sometimes if you talk, talk that running, they will be interested. She's not bored by this discussion. Now some of you, 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 you minister to sinners in a way that they get bored. Because you're talking in a completely different language from them. They can't figure out what you're trying to do. So he continues with the water discussion. If you knew, I would have given you the living water. The woman said, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get the living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself and his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. What would you have thought if you were that woman? He says, Whoever drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give will never thirst. You would have thought I'm interested in the other water. Isn't it? Mm. So he's getting it. He says, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst. You see now the fish is caught. You see how the fish gets caught? Yeah. So now on her own, say, give me this water that I may not thirst. Now come here to draw. Jesus said to her, go. Call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have said well, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. The woman said, say, I perceive that you are a prophet. So I want you to look at this. Jesus knew already that this woman had five husbands and the one that he stays with, she stays with was not her husband. But do you see how he didn't even condemn her? The discussion is only coming in because he said, call your husband. Okay? So that we open that space also. But he was not out to condemn her. So he says to her, 
the, the man you are staying with now is not even your husband. But if it were some of you, you would have started there. You've got to leave that man. You've got to leave that. The man, the moment you do that, she's still interested in that man. She will just run away from you. Isn't it? Yeah. She's still hooked to that man. So you can't just, you can't just stand by saying, yes, no, I see. Uh, if you want to come to the Lord, you've got to leave that man. Now she's got to calculate. Ish. Is the man or the Lord? I, where I am, it still makes sense to keep the man and lose the Lord. But the way Jesus did it with her here, you can see how she get caught. Okay? After she was caught, I want you to look at this. Because he started with her in her own personal passion. The thing that she likes. So identify the passions of your friends. The people that are there, whom you want to win. Start with them there. Because that's the language they understand. Now, look at now the, this woman. Just after Jesus talked with her, now she becomes, she goes and starts winning souls. Day one. Some of you have been with the Lord now for how many years? How many souls? Eh? This one, day one, verse 28. Let's go together, 28 to 42. Then, leaving a water jar, the woman went back to town and said to people, Come and see. A man who told me everything I ever did, could this be the Christ, the Messiah? You see how plain her message was? She doesn't try to share a lot of scriptures. Some of you get confused because you're trying to convince people. Okay? Share them what, with them what God has done for you. She just says, come and see the man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? This would have been in the modern world or where we are now. It could have been one of you just inviting your friend to church. Without even telling them, yeah, you know, it's good to accept the Lord. It's this, this. You just say, can you come with me to church? I'm just inviting you. Come with me, please, to church. And you will be surprised how some people have been just waiting for that invitation. Okay? You bring them to church and the Lord will minister to them. Then you are like this Samaritan woman. Come with me. Come with me. Come with me. So, like I challenged you earlier, I said, is it the reason that you don't call them, you don't invite them, those people that you walk with who are not saved, you don't call them because you don't want to see that you are actually in church, you are still doing those things with them. Is that the reason? Why can't you call them? Call them, come with me to church. And when they come, the Lord knows how to how to, to, to skin the fish, you see, and, and, and to fully catch it. So you, 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 you draw the, the, the fish closer. Listen, verse 30. They came out of town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples asked him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to, him, to each other, could someone have brought him food? Verse 34, my food, Jesus said is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So Jesus was moved by his father's business. That was his passion. And that should be our passion too. Don't you have a saying, it is still four months until harvest? I tell you, now this is the part I told you earlier. I tell you, open your 
eyes. I want you to look at it in your Bibles. It's not just in the pastor's Bible. It's also in yours. So when your Bible says open your eyes, it's talking to you. Okay? Because it's your Bible. So mine is talking to me. Mine says, which verse are we in? Verse 35. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. The field is ready for harvest. Just open your eyes. You haven't been seeing the field ripe for harvest because you were not opening your eyes. I told you yesterday when I was walking around Slovo, hey, I can tell you the number of fish I saw there. And Vome being the person that she is, she doesn't like missing fish. Even if she just gives you a lift, you will pay for that lift. So, we ended up witnessing to two people. Yeah, two fish. So, that's what you should do. Look for opportunities to catch the fish. Because he says, open your eyes. The fields are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. That's the one, the same. One sows and another reaps. It's true. I sent you to reap where you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. You get that? So some of the people that you are going to meet, people would have already shared a lot of the gospel to them. They were just resistant. Now, but that seed was being sown. That seed was being sown. You go there and you get surprised. You just say one thing and the person quickly gives in and say, hey, you know what? You're actually not the first person to tell me. I've been just resistant, but I think I can't, I can't resist this anymore. I feel the Lord is really speaking to me. Now, what have you done? You just ripped where other people have worked very hard. But Jesus says, the reaper, the sower and the reaper are all regarded as one. So we will all get the crown. Okay? So, but tell them. He says, others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their harvest. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard him ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. Do you see how the Samaritan woman, day one, huh? day one, souls. So it means all of us, the Lord can use us. Because the harvest is really plentiful. Go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 and 38, NIV. Matthew 9, 37 and 38, NIV. I want you to still see it in the same light that the harvest indeed is plentiful. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. You see, what is the problem? The problem is not the harvest. Tell your neighbor, the problem is not the harvest. The problem is the harvesters. And you are one of those. You better pull up your socks. Yeah, because the harvest is 
plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So the master wants us to go into the harvest field. He's not expecting us to go to other churches to fish. Go into the field. Go into the sea and catch the fish. Open your eyes. See, the harvest is plentiful. Guys, the harvest is plentiful. I want you to start, when you move from here to today, from today, start looking out for harvest. You will see it's a lot of harvest. There's a lot of fish that the kingdom needs them. Instead of us trying to fight about a Christian from that church to that church to that church to that church, there's a lot of fish out there. Okay? Which are not yet caught. And we need them in the kingdom. But then, we do not want to do this thing on our own strength. We need to depend on the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Because sometimes there are times when you would want to speak, maybe it's not the right time to speak. So we should allow the Holy Spirit to guide us, to lead us, even in winning souls. Because the very same Jesus who taught us how to show love, what he did with the Samaritan woman, he said to his disciples, wait in Jerusalem until you are endured with power from on high before you can go and minister. So Acts 1.8 NIV Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, he says you will be my witnesses, but you will receive power. So you need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit upon our lives to empower us for the work ahead. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us and to lead us. Amen? But we also, he says, you will be my witnesses. I like that term, a witness. A witness is somebody who has experienced something and they can bear testimony about it. Some of you, you want to share things that you are not a witness of. That's why even when you want to share the word and you come and you're preaching, we can see that you are preaching internet. Because you are not a witness. You see, when you are not a witness, we can see what you are saying and who you are. You are miles apart. But if you're talking something where you are a witness, it may just be one portion of scripture. Because you are a witness, you speak it with conviction. Amen? So it means each one of us, like I said, it doesn't matter how old are you in the Lord. You have a testimony. So if you are going to say to the people, I want you to meet the Lord Jesus who has done this and this and this for me. Then you are a witness. Because you know what he has done for you. And you know what he can do for them also. Then you are a witness. So he says, I will be, you will be my witnesses. And when you witness... Speak what God has done for you. Speak God's word. You don't have to convince the people. You know sometimes you sweat a lot trying to convince the people. They will argue with you and they will confuse you. They will even share some scriptures that you don't know. And then you will say the Bible is contradicting each other. Why? Because you are trying to convince them. All that we are called to do, we are called to share the gospel to minister the gospel to them and let the Holy Spirit be the one who convict them. 
You don't have to convince them. Go with me to the book of John 16. 7 to 13. New King James Version. So I'm saying depend on the Holy Spirit to convict them. You don't have to convince them. Because sometimes you feel you are under pressure to win a soul. So you now have to convince them. You will end up even (laughs) being like a person who is selling a policy. You know sometimes people selling policy or selling things, they don't tell you all the things. Because they know if I want to catch this one, if I reveal that, uh -uh, this one won't bite. (laughs) Then they then they camouflage some of the things so that they can catch you. So you don't have to do that. You just present, you testify, you witness, you are a witness. So you testify about what the Lord has done for you. You share the love of God with them. You share the gospel with them. And let the Holy Spirit convict them. You are under no obligation to convince them. Tell your neighbor, you are under no obligation to convince them. Let the Holy Spirit convict them. And actually I think it's even better that way. Because then God gets the glory. Because if it's about how convincing you are, some of us are not as convincing when we speak. We are like Moses. We stutter. You remember Moses said, I can't speak. So it means if it comes to convincing, I may not be able to convince. Okay? So, but if the work of the Holy Spirit is there, whether I'm stuttering, whether I'm convinced, I'm speaking with a convincing voice, whether it's a soft voice, whether it's a high-pitched voice, if the anointing is there, if the Holy Spirit is there, it is the Holy Spirit who convict them. John 16, 7 to 30. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will, he will, I want you to look at it in your Bibles. When he has come, he will convict the world. So that's his job. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to the Father and, and you see me no more. Of judgment because the rule of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. So in winning souls, we also need to be guided by the Lord. You need to know when to speak. You need to know when to throw in a bait. Okay? And let the Holy Spirit convict them. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. So you will see, even in the life of the disciples, I'll take that example and then we wind with it. We're going to pitch it to there. Just as, as long as you are aware that the harvest is ready waiting for you out there. And the Lord is already empowering us and guiding us how to be fishers of men. So let's go together to the book of Acts chapter 2. We're going to close with this one. Acts chapter 2. 38 to 47 New King James Version. So, we have learned from Jesus how he had to share the love of God first. He had to make people feel accepted. He also started with them at their point where they understand. Okay? And then slowly get them in. That's how you catch a fish. Okay? You don't catch a fish by coming, you expose your hook. 
that you are here to hook it. It won't go. Okay? And like I said to you, some of the fish were in church before. So they are very skeptical. And you need to understand that fish. <laughs> Isn't it? You need to understand it. Because they were really done wrong in a church. So it's a, it's a wounded fish. But we still need them. Even those very fish. Because the kingdom of God is for all of us. So Acts 2, 38 to 47. And Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So he talks about repentance, forgiveness of sins, the work of the Holy Spirit. For the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received this word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. That has to be the work of the Holy Spirit. How do you with one preaching, 3,000 souls added to them. So it means it's got to be the work of the Holy Spirit. I sense in my heart that what the Holy Spirit is doing in these last days, some of them, they will be blown, as the mighty move of the Spirit of God is moving, some of them will be blown into the churches. You find that people are just coming. Some of them, you haven't even reached out to them, but they just feel it's time for me to come. Because the Spirit is busy blowing. Okay? So here, about 3,000 were added to them. It's got to be the work of the Holy Spirit. Because if you do it on your own, you are going to struggle. You are even going to try and camouflage things. Don't do that. Let the Holy Spirit do his job. So about 3,000 of them were added. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That's why we will never cease to teach you the word of God. And in fellowship. I know that with the lockdown, especially those higher levels, you couldn't even have time to fellowship with others. Now I think with level one you have a bit of opportunity, isn't it? And hopefully things will get even better. So, Let's encourage fellowship even among ourselves. I told you that people of the world, they've got the camaraderie, they've got, they, they get close to each other. But sometimes we find us as Christians, we are just living our own individual lives. Okay? So we need to continue not only in doctrine, but in fellowship, in breaking of bread, in prayers. Okay? So join us as we pray. Let's break bread together. Let's fellowship together. Let's share the word together. Then the fear of the Lord come upon, came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. This is the kind of signs and wonders I like. Not the first ones where he says, someone will come and say, didn't we do this? Didn't we do this in your name? And he says, I never knew you. So here, when you are doing things the way that the Lord said you must do them, when you are cooperating with the Holy Spirit, when the love of God is seen among the people, when you are living right before God, and then signs and wonders are performed among us. That's the kind of miracles we want. Amen? Where people will know this is from the Lord because we also know how these people live. This is a testimony about their life also. So that it won't be like now something is done and we are not sure if it's a miracle or a magic. Don't you know that sometimes magic also appears like a miracle? 
Yeah, but it's magic. It doesn't take the spirit of the Lord to perform the magic. So, but if you are walking in cooperation with the Holy Spirit, and we can see that you fear God, we can see that you love God, then we know that that miracle, that sign, it's a testimony to the work of the Lord among us. And then he says, now all the believers were together and had all things in common. Sold their possessions and goods and divided them among them as everyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. This is church. Can we all say this is church? This is church. Let's say it again. This is church. Yeah, and this is the kind of church I like. But now, I'm glad that actually even this post that we had because of the lockdown and the corona thing, it helped the church also to to reflect and refocus. To, to receive this fresh mandate from God about souls and winning souls into the kingdom. Okay? So that as souls are added to the church, we continue to fellowship with one another and share the gospel. And we continue to pray together. And signs and wonders are performed among us. But we haven't forgotten about the world. Because you know, the early church fell into that trap. That's why, at least for us, I think, maybe this Corona pause helped. The early church, there was a time that they were so much just used among themselves. Just keeping to each other. But the world out there is dying. Then they had to be persecuted and spread all over the world. Because they were just enjoying this, just being together. So, whereas you might find that maybe there was a time where in church we were just among ourselves. And just happy among ourselves. It's time to do the Father's business. It's time to go into the world. Jesus said, go into the world. Make disciples of all nations. So that work, that commission is what I call the great commission. To be continued. Amen. Amen. So I want us to stand up Thank God for the word that we've had. But I want you to reflect <coughs> on several things. One, if you on your own know that you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, all the things that we're saying here, it doesn't help to start winning souls when you yourself are not in the kingdom. Okay? So you need to make sure you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So after church, you can see me. I can pray with you and help you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior so that you can be sure that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Because whoever's name was not found written in the book was thrown into the lake of fire. Number two, you might be saying, I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm a child of God and I've been living right. But I think my eyes were not open to see the harvest. Father, help me. As you continue to teach us 
to be fishers of men. Amen. Because I like it that the Lord is teaching us. You remember, I think in July, our Bible study discussion was about, Lord, teach us to pray. Now we are saying, Lord, teach us to be fishers of men. So it's, it's, it's his kingdom. And do you know the secret of this? When we are busy with his kingdom, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. So as we focus on his kingdom, the things that we are concerned about, the Lord will be sorting them behind the scene. So let's stand up and thank God for the word that we've heard. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. We honor you, my dear Father, for your word. We thank you, Father, for your word that has gone forth in power and in simplicity. We thank you, Father, for teaching us to be fishers of men. Thank you, my Father, for reminding us about the Great Commission. Indeed, the harvest is plentiful. Father, we lift our hands that we say we are also laborers into your field. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father, I say, give us passion for souls. That indeed many may be drawn into the kingdom. In the name of Jesus. Father we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. We exalt you mighty father. That you are holy. You are worthy. You are faithful oh Lord. You are faithful to your promises. Father we want to enjoy church. Your way. But father it's not just us among ourselves. But it's us father reaching out into the world. And many, many souls will be one into your kingdom. Great move of your spirit in these last days. In the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I also pray for your children who are in this place. Any one of them who is not feeling well in their bodies. I declare that they are healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus. I command every sickness, every pain, and every infirmity to depart from your body right now. In the name of Jesus, be healed and be made whole right now. In Jesus' name, may the word of the Lord be fulfilled in your life that indeed you were healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus. Be healed and be made whole. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I bless you even for the gifts, the offerings, the tithes, and the building fund contributions that we are going to give now into your kingdom. We thank you, my Father, that we do this because we love you. And Father, we are mindful of our Father's business. And this is the business that preoccupies our minds. In Jesus' name. Amen.